Thank you for tuning in to the Living Hope Church podcast. This is a free resource given to you uh, for your benefit and for your faith to be grown in the Lord. So we encourage you, if you are a Living Hope Church member, to share this podcast, to share these sermons, if they have fueled your faith in any way. And if you are not a Living Hope Church member, we pray and encourage you to stay and remain faithful in a local body, a local church for the building of the body, and that this would only be a supplement for your faith. But we do pray that this encourages you in your faith, all for His glory and for His name's sake. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get into the sermon. Well, Today I'm going to be talking to you first off about uh, Paraguay, showing you a little bit of some things that are happening there in Paraguay so that you get a, uh, an idea of, of uh, what life and what ministry is like there in Paraguay. And uh, for those of you who know, don't know where Paraguay is, it's not on the uh, radar screen very, very often in the, uh, in the news, but it's surrounded by Argentina, Bolivia, and Brazil. And uh, it's a landlocked country in the middle of South America. It's about two-thirds the, the, the population of, uh, uh, of Ohio, and it's about three and a half times the size of Ohio to give you an idea of what it is. Uh, most of the people live in a capital city or in the other major uh, 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 urban areas, and so it's sparsely populated once you get outside of the cities. And uh, if you were to go to Paraguay, you would find it's a, a very green uh, uh, kind of a country. They don't have frost. They don't have winter months there. It gets very, very hot. But uh, you would find flowers. There are, there are flowers every, every month out of the year. And uh, uh, you see the tree in the middle of the street? It's a poor country. And so uh, they leave the trees in the street, not because they don't have money to re remove them, because they want the shade for the first thing. And uh, you see the cobblestone around it? And they don't mind driving around the tree because uh, it's, it's, it gives them the shade and they, they don't have the money to, to do the paving. So they have a lot of uh, the cobblestone. Very friendly country. Uh, uh, people are, uh, have been said to be one of the most friendly countries in the world. And uh, we enjoy being there with those people. The, a while back, it was just us, the ones that were uh, on the field that you see here. But the, the country's transitioned. The mission has transitioned in the country. And now all the ones that you saw before there are not in the country, not going back. My wife and I are retiring. But uh, uh, the top two and the bottom left are the missionaries that are presently on the field in Paraguay. And uh, the couple in the center is in language school. And we just heard in the last few months that there are three other couples that are probably going to be going there. I was joking to my wife, we're retiring, and we only had a few missionaries uh, while we were on the field, but now it's taken a lot, a lot of missionaries to replace us. Uh, not so, not so. The Lord's uh, put it upon the hearts of people to, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to serve in Paraguay. And we're seeing uh, the Lord move that way. Well, as far as mission fields go, in Latin America at least, this is one of the younger fields. Uh, it was begun there as a field in, in 1965 with a missionary coming up from uh, Argentina to start a church. But that was the only church in the country until 
uh, the year 2000, a year after the, the Alliance came there as, as missionaries. And presently there are six churches in the capital city and one church in Ciudad del Este. And you can see the, the sizes of the churches there. Uh, they're not really that large except for the one. It's, it's grown very well uh, in, in this capital city. But it's, it's a church that's in its infancy yet. We have a great need for, for pastors and leaders in the churches uh, for various reasons. But a lot of our, our pastors are bivocational. And these are pastors, leaders, and wives here that you see. And uh, I want to give you an, uh, a kind of a smattering of, of, of uh, the churches in the country, let you see what they, uh, what they are. And first one is the Mia Esperanza Church. It's a church that's grown around young couples, reaching out to the community, met here in a, in a warehouse kind of a setting. Uh, initially, that was uh, very much cleaned up and, and put into order. Had an outreach to young children in the, in the beginning and to young people and uh, was very effective in, in its outreach and it reached into homes that way. Uh, eventually, the church was able to build its own building. And uh, this is the inaugural uh, meeting in that uh, new building. It's, it serves them quite well. Uh, missed, a, missed a slide there of uh, the outside of the building. But uh, uh, I think I'm going the right way. Yes, I am. This is the outside of the building uh, that was built. It's a very simple building, but very, very nice. Uh, good congregation there and has a lot of hope for the future. Well, this is one of our churches when we arrived uh, there 10 years ago. My wife and I have been in missionaries there for 10 years, and we were missionaries in, in Colombia and Venezuela before that. But this is uh, uh, where they were meeting, and the congregation would uh, uh, gather in the morning, and they would not meet under the, the tin. They would go to the side in the shade. And as the morning progressed, they move every half hour, and they move over again. And then if they got to the other side of the slab, well, it was afternoon by that time, and they had to, had to leave uh, to go home because they were getting to an embankment to go over the edge. But uh, the congregation prayed, and we, uh, uh, we had a great experience in, of faith in that congregation, a great experience with churches here in the United States partnering with the congregation to uh, begin a, 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 a building project in the church People are dirt poor, and they, 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 they live below the poverty line here, but they were very much participating. And uh, this is the, the fruit of the, the, the work and the labor that went into it. Now, this is interesting. This is not a church on the left-hand side. This is a, uh, a mosque in the, Ciudad, in the city of uh, uh, Ciudad del Este, or City of the East. And uh, I put it here because it's one of the most multicultural cities in Latin America. It's one of the five largest free trade zones in all the world. And uh, people come from all over the world to, to sell their wares in, the, in Ciudad del Este. And uh, the bridge is the border between uh, Paraguay and, and uh, uh, in Brazil. And people cross there uh, to be able to to be able to go into, uh, uh, into, this, into this city to buy their wares. But it was in this milieu uh, that uh, people from around the world that uh, a missionary from, uh, Christian Missionary Alliance missionary from Chile went in and be began to work there. There are people from China, from uh, India, from the Middle East, 
uh, and from Paraguay and other countries of South America who are a part of this church. And they met in a very cramped area. And um, uh, just before we, just recently, they, well, a little bit before we went on home assignment, they, uh, they were able to get a, another building that they're meeting in right now, renting that. But as I mentioned, leadership development is one of our greatest challenges. We have a lot of uh, ministries that, that go on trying to develop the people there. It's been slow, but we have home groups. We have people that are, that are asked to lead in those home groups. And we have uh, training in the classroom for the people. And there has uh, 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 been a, a great emphasis on, on training up leaders through a Bible institute, a training institute, there's a lot of potential uh, among the younger generations to uh, be a part of the, uh, the, uh, the leadership development. And we're glad to say that they're responding. There are about uh, 25 to 30 that are involved in the, in the Bible Institute right now. Uh, and uh, it's a leadership institute. People have to be in ministry. People are, are encouraged to attend, but we, we ask them to be in ministry. Don't just come to, to understand uh, more. Come to use what you uh, uh, get more to use in, in your ministry. So uh, that's something for you to pray about if you would. Pray for the Bible Institute there, the Leadership Institute in Paraguay. I mentioned about the partnerships. Partnerships have been very instrumental, more so in Paraguay than other countries of South America, in that um, uh, one is that there have been greater need and greater opportunity, but they've been very instrumental in construction <clears throat> instrumental in reaching out to the children uh, in communities, doing uh, health outreaches, screening for children, and uh, in doing so, uh, uh, the, those people have come. Uh, uh, the church has been able to, to make contact with the homes of those people, and they've been able to come to the church. And uh, there have been VBSs that they've had, and it's been very well accepted uh, there in Paraguay. Uh, I, uh, I regret that I can't give you much time for a question and answer, but if you would like to talk to us later uh, uh, about anything that you've seen here, uh, that'll be great. In fact, if you want to learn more about Paraguay and pray better for us in Paraguay, there's a sign-up sheet in the back, and uh, you can sign up to get a, a prayer letter, uh, prayer bulletin monthly, and also to receive prayer cards. There are prayer cards back there also for the other missionaries in Paraguay, and you can pray for them. I apologize for rushing. I'm combining two presentations here so that you not only get the, 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 the images of Paraguay, but you hear uh, from Scripture and from the Lord today as to what he would have you to be considering with regard to missions. I, I want to challenge you about uh, being great uh, regions beyond people. Uh, backing up here, uh, regions beyond people is, is not something that ought to be very foreign to us if we have been in a Christian Missionary Alliance church for some time. The founder of the Christian Missionary Alliance, A.B. Simpson, talked about going to the regions where Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, had not been heard. And that's been the thrust of the Christian Missionary Alliance for decades. And it's very, very, uh, uh, very good that it has been. We, we, we hear these words of Jesus, of Jesus Christ uh, in John 10, 16, where he said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. 
I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. You see, Jesus was not content with just having a group, having a sphere and addressing those who were in his group, those who were following him immediately. And then maybe a few other on a fringe. He wanted to reach to the regions beyond. He was talking about those other sheep and he was wonder, uh, 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 wanting that to uh, uh, his ministry to advance to them. Well, Paul picks up on this in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and he says, our hope is that your faith continues to grow. It's a fruit of our growing, our, our, our maturing in the Lord, that our sphere, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand so that you can preach the gospel to the regions beyond you. This idea of preaching to, region, to the regions beyond, sharing, extending, reaching out to the other sheep, has been part and parcel of the, of the church in its health, healthy estate ever since the beginning of the primitive church until now. Churches that are the healthiest are those that are reaching out and are not content with being just here. When we meet together, we might feel very good about being one with the other, and that's fine, that's great, that's, that's the way it should be. But at the same time, there ought to be a recognition, a realization that not everybody's here. There are people in our community, there are people uh, uh, that we know and that we don't know that are not worshiping today. And there are people in the regions beyond, those that are far away, that, that aren't in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people actually who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, don't even know the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have opportunity to, to, to be moved by the Lord, to be those bridges of, of his gospel to those people. We take that upon ourselves. And so that's a preaching. That's a proclamation. And, and, and we're not talking about proclamation in terms of, of, uh, uh, of just uh, a, what a pastor does, what a missionary does, what I'm doing right now. It's explaining to them. It's pointing the way to them so that they are able to uh, hear about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are instruments of the Lord to, to be able to realize that. And... It's taken seriously what the Lord has said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And then he said that Jesus said it himself. And then he says also, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And uh, we read the Great Commission this morning. Uh, we, but this idea of reaches beyond people, they need to be people who are engaged in the proclamation of the gospel in a very tangible way. It doesn't mean we're on street corners preaching every day, that kind of a thing. But when opportunity pa uh, passes across our path, we point people in the right direction. We facilitate that through other people like missionaries and, and other uh, ministries so that they too might be able to hear the, the proclamation of the gospel. It's people that take seriously what, what uh, Scripture says in, uh, um, in Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching, sharing, directing, helping, it being instrumental, that they might hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody preaching to them. And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Well, we are sent. Not just the missionary, not just the pastor. But all of us are sent 
when we read the Great Commission, when we read these, these words of Jesus Christ, all of us ought to be participating because the Lord has asked us to be players on the playing field of what it mean, what uh, of the of the uh, uh, of his of his uh, grand grand plan of evangelism. But in order to do that, there are certain things that I'd like to clarify. One is that. It is, there, there is no barrier that Christ cannot overcome, and there's no one that is too terrible or outside the scope of his love. Well, now, there, there are people that are seemingly unlovable to us, but they're not unlovable to the Lord. Jesus died for all. We need to really let that sink into our, our, our thinking and, and really uh, not put uh, limits on our own participation in reaching those people that are perhaps unlovable. God really wants us to reach the nations and our neighbors. He is moving people to seek him. And he really does want you and me to play a role in reaching them. We can agree with that intellectually in one way, but are we really putting rubber to the road? Are we really participating in that? That's where the, where the, uh, uh, the breaking point comes for some people. And uh, there was another one here. Uh, as a follower of Christ, no, that's, that, that wasn't it. Here it is. The Lord is not calling us to do something for him. He is calling us to come to, uh, to do something with him. He wants us to be part of his team. His great commission confirms this. As we've read it this morning in a different translation, he says, I will be with you even until the end of the age. This is not something he's asked us to do on our own. He said he will go with us. If it's something that's, you know, it's over the top for us personally. That's the way that it is. But he will go with us. That makes the difference. I'll tell you, that really uh, was liberating for me in my ministry. Even after I was a pastor for a while, it was, it was a performance thing. I was trying to do a lot of uh, the ministry in myself. But when I recognized that the Lord was going with me, was helping me, empowering me, but he was doing much more of the, the work than what I was really actually doing. I was harnessed with him, and it was bearing fruit. It began to really, uh, really make a difference for me. So uh, the second point is that uh, a region beyond people are transformed people. Transformed people is what we're talking about in this whole message, really. They begin to see the world as the Lord sees the world. They begin to see the lost with his eyes, with his compassion. They see opportunities in a new light. And they respond to them because, well, maybe not because they're comfortable with it, but because the Lord has asked him to, them to do it, and he, he, he will go with them. And it makes all the difference to be able to have that kind of a mindset and to be aligned with the Lord. And that's what we're all about. We ought to be all about. That means we're followers of Jesus Christ. We really are disciples. And we're living that out in a very practical way. We're transformed people. So regions beyond people are transformed people. And by the way, regions beyond people just don't think about missions. They think about the ones that are nearby because they're beyond us. And that was the context that Paul was talking about in the text in, in, in 2 Corinthians. He was talking about the ones that are across town, across the street. He wasn't thinking of China or the United States or South America, not known, regions beyond. No, he was thinking about 
expanding and reaching those that, were, uh, that they were having contact with. And so I, I encourage you not to think about those that are far away only, but to think about those that are near too and be transformed in, in your uh, attitude toward them. Transformed people see the world more than they see the obstacles. Um, there are obstacles to doing missions. There are uh, political obstacles, can't get a visa. There are hardships and persecutions. They don't want to see a Christian there. They don't want, to, uh, want you to be sharing your faith. That's proselytizing. There are economic obstacles. It costs money to go to these places, to live there. Those are real obstacles. But the obstacle I want to really talk to you about is the obstacle that's really within each one of us that maybe we just don't measure up. Maybe we just can't make that much of a difference. Maybe our, our offering, maybe our time is really not going to be uh, that, much, that much of an impact. Well, that's a lie for the enemy to begin with because the Lord says he wants us to be participants. He wants us to play a key role, and he says he'll go with us. But we allow fears in our own lives to dictate things to us such that we just don't think that maybe we're theologically prepared to, re, uh, to uh, answer questions to somebody nearby, or we just don't understand uh, what's happening on the other side of the world, so we just delegate that or leave that to our leaders, and, and we'll just be concerned with what's happening here. It shouldn't be that way, because sometimes, many times, it's fear-driven. It's fear-driven that I need to concentrate on certain things for myself, and we become selfish, we become inward focused, whereas the Lord would have us to be bold and take bold steps to reorganize our, our priorities so they align with his. And that's the transformation element, that we're transformed to the point that, that we're really living out this, this, this Christian life in its fullest, the fullest manner that we can, we can possibly do it. And we take adventures some steps in it, not just in missions, but in every aspect of what we know to be the Lord's will for our lives. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. One is that of, of uh, uh, Valentina, Valentina is a very simple lady in Paraguay, and she is a transformed lady. She lives a very humble life, and uh, 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 you would not think that she's uh, a, a person of impact, but she goes to her neighbors, she shares with them, asks if she can pray with them, and uh, uh, she lost her husband uh, a number of years ago, is remarried, but uh, uh, one, of the, one of her neighbors lost her husband. And she wanted to pray with this neighbor. And neighbor was resistant. Uh, no, I, I'm, I, I have my own faith. I don't want this. I don't want you praying for me, messing around with my mind in this, in this, in this time of my life. Finally, though, she left her pray for, uh, uh, Valentina pray for her. Her name is Raquel. And uh, Raquel received the Lord. Immediately, she felt liberated. She felt a peace. And she really became a transformed person herself, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was because of that, uh, that uh, persistence of wanting to minister to her, that gentle witness and that uh, desire to impact her and other neighbors that she uh, was able to have that kind of an impact. 
She did not let fears govern her. Another person is uh, Seferino. Seferino is a, 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 an interesting man. He's, 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 they say he would give the shirt off his back to anybody, but he would also give you Jesus Christ in the process. So much for this, uh, for the idea of doing, uh, what is it? Um, uh, acts of service, just to, just to do acts of service as, as a Christian witness. He definitely shares Jesus Christ in the process. Uh, uh, and and, and he, uh, uh, he, he used to have a job in a factory, but his back is bad, so he works as a night watchman at the same factory now. But he's, he has an impact among those that come and go from, uh, from the factory as, as he's the night watchman, the gate watchman. And uh, he sees them off in the evening and uh, when he's coming in and they leave in the morning. Uh, they, they're coming in when he leaves in the morning. And, and uh, he has small groups in his home. They get up to be like 30 or more people in his home. But he's a man of impact. They really realize that he is a, uh, a man of impact. He doesn't allow... Uh, uh, an inhibition to be able to stand in the way. Very humble man. Well, to wrap things up here, I have a few questions for you. All of us who are believers in Christ had others come to us who sought us out to make clear the gospel to us. But have we moved forward as reaches beyond people to make clear the gospel to others as well? People have come to us. Could have been a parent. Could have been uh, a Sunday school teacher. But the Lord's asked us to go, to be people of impact, to be people who are facilitating that proclamation to others as well. Another question is, if the Lord so desires us to reach the other sheep, and if he wants, us to, uh, wants all of us to be reaches beyond people so, that we might, uh, so others might be brought into the fold, are you willing to take concrete steps to make his way known to people both near and far away? I hope you can do that, and I hope you do take concrete steps because uh, without it, it's an intellectual ascent that does not translate into action. To do so, let me give you some, some possible ways that the Lord might uh, move upon you to do that. He might ask you to realign personal priorities regarding your time and your money. It's not a priority if, if our time and money do not align with that. And uh, that's a time in prayer. It's money in giving. It's organizing our lives uh, so that we are serving our Lord. Number two, responding to uh, overlooked peoples that he puts in, uh, in our minds and, and taking steps to serve them. Um, this is key, I think. It's a measure of transformation because we, we need to see the people through the eyes of the Lord. It's not just a matter of, of us being in agreement that they need to be reached we need to see them in, and see ourselves as integral in, in their solution, their, their eternal destination. Number three, trusting, to, trusting him to deliver us from our fears so that we might be released to uh, measurably love both our neighbors and peoples uh, uh, far away as he loves them. That was the third element of of the message today, that, that we don't allow the fears in us to dictate. Number four, renewing our resolve to proclaim his word, his, his, his truth in word and in deed. Uh, being a good guy is not enough, or a good lady. We need to be 
willing to share and willing to talk about the, the reason why we're maybe a good person and the, the role that Christ has made in that. Number five, he might call us to uh, give years or whole, our, our whole lives for reaching no, those waiting for gospel access. When I talk about gospel access, I'm talking about people who, who don't have opportunity to understand the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe you have not even, even heard the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are people that need to go to them. Now there's technology today, there's radio, and there's, there's the internet, and, and some do come to Christ through that. But by and large, it's just as you and I. There's somebody that shared the gospel with us, a real person. That's how people, most of the people around the world are still coming to Christ and will continue to come, come to Christ because it's people going and people investing in their lives for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number six, whoops, coming back. Number six, he might call us to pray better and to better support those who represent us in reaching others. In a nutshell, number six is asking us to, uh, is, 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 he might ask us to better be the body of Christ who is holding the ropes for those who are the missionaries, for those who are our representatives that go out from us. Let me, let me, uh, say once again before we pray that um, it is only as we are really the, the, the body of Christ doing our part that missions is really going to get, get done. We have some wonderful people in the Christian Missionary Alliance who are serving as missionaries. And other organizations have wonderful missionaries that we've met along the way. But it's, the task is so great. The Alliance has been doing a good job. Really it has. Uh, uh, Today, there, there are, are uh, perhaps three, three and a half million people in Alliance services around the world. And that's a result of much of that is a result of missionaries going to these other places around the world. But there's still over three billion people who need to know about Jesus Christ in a form that they can either say yes or no to the gospel. They haven't had a clear presentation of the, of the gospel. In order to make an impact in that three million plus, three billion plus, it takes churches that are participating, churches that are holding the ropes and holding them well, praying, giving, sending. And I thank you for what you've done to this point, but I encourage you to consider how you might do that in a new way, at a new level perhaps, in the Christian Missionary Alliance and in the community around you. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the work that you've begun in our lives. And Lord, as we read in uh, 2 Corinthians, Lord, uh, as Paul pointed out, that it might be the fruit of a growing in you, the fruit of growing in our faith, that, that we might recognize the need to be able to reach out to those in regions beyond us, be they near or far away, Lord, that they might be brought into the fold. Thank you, Lord, that you came to us. You sent people to to bring us to you. And Lord, now as, as it falls to us to be reaching out to those around about us and those that are far away, I pray, Lord, that you would 
use us in a very instrumental way. And we know that that's not a passive way. It requires involvement. It requires participation. It requires a measurable step, measurable steps into what you have asked us to want, want all of us to be doing in terms of going and being part of the going and being part of the proclamation. Lord, these concrete steps that, that I've presented here today, I pray, Lord, that if, it's, if, you, if you have spoken to any of us here today about any of these, Lord, we might not be uh, people that are passive about this, that are hearers and not doers, but Lord, that we might take these to heart and take these to our lives, living out what it is that you might have us to do. I pray that you would continue to work in each one of us. Maybe you've already laid down the detail. Maybe it's even before this message you were speaking to somebody about uh, one of these concrete steps or another concrete step. But Lord, may it be that we don't just enjoy hearing about missions. But Lord, that we enjoy participating in it because you have asked us to and because we know that you are there with us in it. Stretch us, Lord, and bless us in what you have asked us to do for you. I pray, Lord, for this church in every aspect of its ministries. Missions is one of it. One of them, evangelism, reaching out to those around about them is another aspect of it. But in all of what it is as the body of Christ, Lord, that you would bless them and give them unity and give them impact and influence in this community, Lord, and in the regions beyond far beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.